He's out. He's in. He's in. Pastor Mitko, yeah, from Bulgaria. And, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, if you're not familiar with Bulgaria, it's, it's between uh, Turkey, which would be on the east, and Greece, which would be on the uh, south, south uh, west, south of, uh, of Bulgaria. And so it'd be kind of between Greece and, and, and Turkey and Europe. And, and actually, Bulgaria's much of what happened in the book of Acts and the travels of Paul uh, took place in Bulgaria, as well as Greece and, and present-day Turkey. So um, really coming from an area of the world that has a rich heritage, uh, both in every way, but also in the story of the Bible, biblical times, um, uh, the, the land that they come from is, is great. So it's been just a privilege and honor over the years getting to know. He's really a theologian. He's, he's called the theologian of the river. You know, everyone that hears him preach, is like, wow, such great revelation. So welcome, Pastor Mitko. Come on up and share your your heart. Oh man, double portion this morning for me. <laughs> I need a double portion, Lord. Praise God. S such a sweet atmosphere. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the atmosphere of heaven. Thank you for the atmosphere of Mount Zion. Zion, not, not the Mount Sinai. Not condemnation, but the blood of Jesus which speaks better things for us. Thank you, Father. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, um, I want to present to you a story from the Old Testament. Uh, unfortunately, I won't preach the first sermon because according to the Bulgarian customs, we always preach two different sermons. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, uh, in the Old Testament, there is no greater example of Jesus like a type and shadow, but in the face of Joseph. Of course, we, we have uh, this idea that uh, every image, every story written in the Old Testament points to Jesus. Because uh, on, the, on the way to Emmaus with two of his disciples, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he spoke uh, the scriptures to them. Uh, every place like in the Old Testament, speaking of his death, resurrection, victory and blessing, appointed to be released and given to the church. But uh, with Joseph is special, unique. I mean, he's not like, just like Joshua, our heavenly Joshua who leads us to the promised land. He's not just like Moses who intercedes for our salvation in our behalf. But with the life of Joseph, we see so particular small details actually matching and being in, in harmony with the life of Jesus in the New Testament. I just want to give you a short just presentation of the ministry of Joseph because I want to lay a foundation for, for the word I want to share with you. So, in the same way, uh, Jesus was the beloved son of the Father, the only begotten in whom God was well pleased, with whom God was well pleased. In the same way, Joseph was uh, the firstborn of his father, with whom Joseph, uh, excuse me, uh, Jacob, right? 
it's it, it's difficult with the English sometimes. <laughs> Was well pleased with him in such a manner that he made for him a coat of many colors, a distinctive Roman mantle he put on him. So he was the unique son of Jacob, the only one recognized like the firstborn. And it, it points, it points to, to, to Jesus because Jesus was the only begotten and he carried on himself the coat of many colors. The spirit of the Lord was given to him in the full measure, in the fullness. And it's so awesome. Also, Joseph, uh, you know, um, was betrayed at one point in his life, was betrayed by his own family, by, by his own brothers. And it points again to Jesus because at one point of his earthy life, Jesus was betrayed by his own family, the, the Israelites, and was released to, to, to the hand, in the hand of the Gentiles and was crucified. And, and it was all God's plan, of course. And you know, Joseph was sold out by his brothers for uh, an amount of um, 20 pieces of silver and Jesus in the New Testament was sold out by, the, by Judas, actually, for 30 pieces of silver, which is very close to what took place in the life of Joseph, we see released in the life of Jesus. And, but in the same way Joseph was taken to, to Egypt and, and sold out and put in the dungeon for, for a specific time, then he was released from the dungeon and he was restored and, and, and actually positioned in one of the most highest positions in Egypt. He, he became like the, the first rank of power and authority and it speaks again about Jesus after the death on the cross and after the, all the travails and it's fine, it's okay. Children are fine in the church. <laughs> then we see the same story repeated in the life of Jesus. After Jesus being betrayed and crucified and put in the, in the, uh, in the tomb, on the third day he, he, he was resurrected, he rose again. And, and he has no more gloriously, amen. He has no more work with sin and death. And God positioned him beside his right side above every power and authority, authority forever and ever. And when Joseph was appointed to be a ruler in Egypt, to him a name was given by Pharaoh, and which is interesting in this case that the name translated on English, uh, the name was Tzafnat Paneach, translated means a savior of the world, which points again to Jesus, to whom a name above all names was given, and we know very well that the name of our Jesus means salvation, because Joshua means salvation, but he is the savior, the appointed savior of the world. Now, the interesting thing is that all these uh, things took place with Joseph with one purpose. So God might provide 
for his family and for his relatives, relatives, salvation, blessing, and many, many, many benefits. So, so to say, the, the, the ministry of Joseph and the position and the rank which was granted to him actually affected in a mighty way all his family. And if we receive that Joseph points to Jesus, we have to perceive and, and receive that the ministry and the position of Jesus today has influence and uh, has power to affect the church, his relatives, so-called, the body of the believers today in a mighty and glorious way. So let's see uh, what the story of Joseph will teach us and let us apply this lesson to our lives today, but in the face of Jesus. Yes. So when Joseph came in power and uh, all the position uh, and authority was granted to him, uh, to this, this divine wisdom was granted to him by God to collect uh, provision and food and wheat because uh, a terrible uh, a famine uh, affected the land and his family actually was stricken by this famine and at one point they 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 were out of provision and and, and the famine affected them terribly so uh, the father the father heard the, the 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 rumor the rumor rumor that this provision and food in Egypt so he sent his sons isn't that interesting that instead of sending uh, one, two, or three, he sent all his ten sons to, uh, to Egypt. Uh, maybe one of the reasons is that every one of them would be able to carry back as, as much as possible food. So he sent his sons. So they're coming to Egypt, and uh, uh, they had to face Joseph, because Joseph was responsible for delivering uh, and uh, the amount of weight to, to, to the people, and it was constant, constant activity every day. So in the moment Joseph saw his brothers, you know, he immediately recognized them. But they couldn't recognize him. And, and uh, he provided for them, of course, but there is something interesting in the first case, because the story of the family is divided into two parts. You have to realize this, that there are two, two parts in that story. So we are talking about the first, the first part. The first time his brothers came, uh, he didn't reveal himself to them. Isn't that interesting? If it was me, if it was me, I would say, my brothers have come, finally, here I am, I am Joseph, your brothers, don't worry, I will provide for you, welcome, come with me, and things like that. But the Bible speaks that the first time he withhold his personality and didn't reveal himself to them. Isn't that interesting? Why? Why is the question? He provided for them, but listen, he, he said, he, he put them on test and he said, uh, where are you from? Why you have come here? And they said, uh, we are honest people. We have one father and one more, uh, another brother who had left with our father. And we, we, we have come for food. And he said, I don't trust you. You have come to spy the land. You, you are spies and you have come to, to spy the land and, and to see our condition. They said, no, no, my master, we, we're honest people. And they told the whole story of, of their life and their family. 
And, and, and Joseph said, okay, let's see, is it that true what you're talking about? So this is, this is the deal. You go back and take that boy you're talking about whose name is Benjamin, take it back here with you so I can trust you that you're telling the truth. And they said, but it is impossible. Uh, it is very difficult task because our father won't release that boy because he already lost one of his sons. They were talking about Joseph. And we don't think that he, he will um, uh, allow this boy to come with us. And he said, do this and you will leave. And then, then listen, he took one of their brothers, which was... Simeon and put him in a dungeon to keep him and he put all the brothers actually listen this is very important guys this is very important he put all of his brothers for three days in the dungeon kept in the dungeon or prison custody maybe the right word is custody in the custody for three days then he released them Simeon uh, Simeon left with them he said go back bring Benjamin and then we will talk again. You will receive uh, Simeon. And, and you will prove that the story you're telling me is true. And I was like, why this performance? Why this drama? Why this, all these activities? Why there, has to be, there have to be a reason? Actually, there is a lesson in that for us. And you know what? If Joseph presents Jesus, our story actually is divided on two parts and the first parts the first part the ten brothers they represent and they speak about the Old Testament the nation of Israel they had to prepare the way they had to be involved uh, somehow in the, in, in the whole story but nothing took place and nothing happened until Jesus came died on the cross was resurrected revealed himself and the church was born out. I mean, during the ministry of the Old Testament, during the ministry of the law, during the ministry of Israel in the Old Testament and all the prophets and all the scriptures and things like that, that was not the, 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 the final dispensation, I mean. I'm talking about the church, listen to this, I'm talking about the church being a Benjamin's generation. Why? So many reasons. I want, I want to mention something. Listen, Joseph and uh, actually Jacob had two wives, right? One of them Leah and the second Rachel. Now, from these two wives, he had two generations. One of the, the, the generation was ten sons from Leah and her uh, servant. And another two sons which were born out of what? of Rachel. Those two sons were Joseph and Benjamin. Listen to this, this is important. Benjamin and Joseph born out of the same womb, of the same source, and of the same realm. It speaks that if, if Benjamin represents the church, it means that we are children born out of the same source, of the same realm of which Jesus was born out. I want to read, I want to read something for you. Listen, John, John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, 
not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. And then another verse from 1 Corinthians 15:47. The first man is from the earth, earthy. The second man is from heaven. First Adam, second Adam. As is the earthy, so also those who are earthy. And as is the heavenly, so also are those who are heavenly. Just as we have borne the image of the earthy, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. Listen, people, we the believers, we are born out of the Spirit. We are born from above. And Jesus was born from the Spirit. And we are proceeding from one and the same realm, which is from above, from one and the same spiritual womb. You know, that, that, that's awesome. But that's not, that's not the end. Actually, when Benjamin was born, uh, by, by, by Rachel, actually, uh, the day he was born, uh, Rachel, Rachel died. And actually, uh, the birth of Benjamin was given by the death of someone else who gave his life so he might live. The interesting thing is that our existence came in power and was granted to us by the death of someone. Don't take it for granted. All this life which we possess today came in existence and like a result of the death of the Lamb of God. And it's not by accident that the name Rachel translated on English means a lamb, a female lamb. Actually, through the death of the Lamb, the church was born. And through the, the, through the death of Rachel, whose name means a female lamb, Benjamin's life was given and presented to, to earth. And in the, day, in the day Benjamin was born, he was born in a place. Do you know where? Do you know where was the place where Rachel bore Benjamin? It is called Bethlehem. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, it is unbelievable, beyond, beyond comprehension, I mean. So many things talking that Benjamin represents the church. In the day Benjamin was born, uh, to him a name was given by his mother, which was Benani, which means son of my sorrows, because she was realizing that she is, uh, she is losing her life and just, just uh, dying. And, and, and she named Benjamin uh, son of my sorrows. And when they took the baby and presented to the father and, and he received the baby, they told him, he is your son. He is your son, Benani. And he said, say what? Benani? I don't like it. Son of my sorrows. No, this son is son of my joy. Even Rachel uh, has been lost. Still, this son is for my joy and for my pleasure. So in the same day, in the same moment, he, he switched the name and he shifted to Benjamin, which means a son of my right hand. Isn't that awesome? Listen, we the believers, we are born out of the travails of his soul. We are born out of the sorrows of Jesus through which he was called a man of many sorrows. But by these sorrows, you know, uh, being applied the death of, on the cross being applied to our lives, our story has changed into something else because Jesus was 
uh, risen from the dead and established beside the right side of the Father. So we are receiving today through his death a new position, a new name, a new existence, which is sons and daughters of his right hand because God the Father has established the church in a new position, which is in Christ. Yes. In Christ. And in Christ Jesus, we have been positioned beside the right side of the Father. Praise God. So you see so many things born out of the same source. Uh, uh, our name changed through the death of Jesus, who, who is the Lamb of God, and, 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 and so, so many things. But listen, the first time the family of Joseph visited him, Benjamin wasn't with them and wasn't presented. It means in the Old Testament, it was a specific time in which uh, uh, it, it wasn't yet the, the time of the church to be, to be born out. And, and they just prepared the way. And it is interesting what took place at the first visitation. At the first visitation, Joseph didn't reveal his uh, 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 personality, uh, true personality, put, put them into a custody to be kept for three days, and then kept one of them with him, whose name translated on, on English means hearing. Isn't that awesome? Listening. And, and listen, I want to read something from the New Testament, which will point and show you that what I'm talking about is true. Just listen, listen what Paul says in Galatians, two verses. Galatians 4, from 1 to 3. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is not different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. Then another verse in Galatians 3, 23 to 26. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law. That's the Old Testament. That's the first part of the story, like you see. Before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. So what Paul speaks in the New Testament, actually, is very similar to what we see in the story of Joseph. His brothers were kept, which represents the law, 10 brothers, 10 commandments, okay? So, so they represent the law, the Old Testament, the old ministry, the old system, yeah. And they, they have been kept under, uh, uh, in, in the custody, under guardians. And when they left back to bring Benjamin, you know, one of them was left in, in, in the custody till the right moment to come. And now they went back, they went back and they, they uh, started consuming the, the provision for a specific time 
but then everything was uh, uh, consumed and they run out of food again. So the father told them, while you are looking in Jorah, go back to Egypt and buy some food and, and provide for us. And they said, Father, you don't understand. This story will not continue until Benjamin comes in the presence of Joseph presented. Isn't that awesome? That's the final realization and formation of our history. You know, the church being given to Christ and presented to him by his blood. And, and, and the father said, oh no, forget it. Benjamin would never leave this place. Joseph is gone, gone. Simeon is not here. And now you want to take Benjamin? I will never do this. And they said, father, the, the man was very persistent that Benjamin has to come so we might prove who we are. So finally the famine was so heavy on them. So Jacob prayed to the Lord and, and, and God gave him peace. And he said, okay, take Benjamin. And if God uh, wants me to go uh, to, in the grave with, with sorrow, let it be. But take some presents uh, so you might um, win the... Uh, the favor uh, of the Lord of that land, take Benjamin and, and, and buy food. So they took Benjamin and went back. Now, listen, precious people, the story turns into something else. In the moment Benjamin was presented and came to Joseph, we have absolutely different story. Now, in the moment they met Joseph again and they said, here we are, do you remember us? Uh, this is our brother of whom we were talking about. And when he saw Benjamin, he pronounced something and he declared something on Benjamin. He said, God be gracious to you, my son. God be gracious to you. He spoke grace upon Benjamin. He declared that God's favor is upon them and with them. And Immediately he commanded his servants, listen, this is very important, to prepare a table for them in his house, in his property. And he said, prepare because today I will sit on my table and eat with these people and we will eat together. Listen, the first time his family came, they were not allowed to enter into the sphere of his personal life. They didn't enter his house. They didn't have fellowship. They didn't eat and drink together. Nothing was revealed to them. There was a veil in the Old Testament. People didn't know what was coming in the face of Jesus. But when Jesus gave his life and the church in the day of the Pentecost was born out, you know, even, even after his resurrection, you know how he opened the eyes of those people on the way to Emmaus. They sat on the table. They ate together. He broke uh, uh, bread, gave it to them, and their eyes were opened into that moment. 
Which moment? First time after his resurrection, he opened their eyes, eating together, sitting on the table. In the Old Testament, in the face of Joseph, for first time, they were invited because Benjamin was, pre was presented and brought to that place which speaks about the believers and the church. They had intimate fellowship. They ate together. And at that day, at that moment, Joseph revealed his personality to them. The Bible says, those who love me will be loved, would be loved by my father, and I will disclose myself to them. Isn't that awesome? They sat on the table, they drank, they ate together. Wow, for first time. The first time there was no fellowship. I mean, the ministry of the New Testament and the ministry of the Spirit today exceeds in glory, exceeds in intimacy, exceeds in fellowship and in revelation in the face of Jesus, what was given and presented to them in the Old Testament. Now listen, uh, this ministry of Jesus today has effects on us, has uh, 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 prophets, has uh, influence on us. And let's see what happened with Benjamin. How Benjamin was affected by the position and, and, and by, 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 by being a brother of Joseph from one and the same womb. In the moment they sat on the table, everyone was positioned according to, to, to the order, the, the way they were born, you know, like the, every one, the firstborn, the second, the third, they were looking at each other and they were amazed how it is possible. Nobody knows how our family, you know, was. And, and they were just amazed. And, and, and it, it is awesome because every one of us has its own position. But the greatest privilege, the greatest privilege wasn't for his brothers, ten brothers, but for the man who was from the same womb. It was for Benjamin. And he sent portions to them, the Bible says. But to Benjamin, he sent a portion which was five times bigger than what his brothers had. But wait a minute. That, that's so unusual. That's so unique. Benjamin was the smallest in the family. Yeah. Reuben was the, the, the firstborn. I would give Reuben the, first, the, the firstborn the biggest portion because he's the biggest one of them. But actually, Benjamin was privileged to possess a portion five times bigger. That's obvious. I mean, everyone could see and realize that one, what Benjamin has before him is way beyond every one of them was privileged to have and to enjoy. I don't believe Benjamin was able to eat it all. You know, but, but, uh, but Joseph wanted to present and to show, um, to, to give a sign, like a special, special uh, privilege to him so they might see the difference. And you know, today the church, precious people, today the believers, possess something five times bigger so-called and what they had in the Old Testament. Right. Knowing God personally, receiving His glory. Uh, uh, the Bible speaks that uh, like with open faces we behold the glory of the Lord from one level of, of another level of uh, constant increase and 
that's not what they had in, in the ministry of the Old Testament. Our portion today exceeds in everything. The glory of the later temple, the Bible says, is greater than the glory of the former one. And the church is called a temple of the living God. A portion five times bigger released on the table of, of, of Benjamin. This five times bigger portion speaks about a lot of things. I, I don't have time to mention all of them. But one of the things I believe it represents is the fivefold ministry which is given by Christ for whom? For the church, for the body of Christ with, with, with a purpose to be edified and to grow and to be built up in every manner and in, in every area of our life so we may grow until we reach the status of the Son of God, Jesus. So the fivefold ministry is important. It has fullness in it. We need it all. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, that, that, that was not the end of the story, actually. When, when everything took place like... Uh, like two days until Joseph fully revealed himself, you know, to them. And uh, uh, when he sent, when he sent them back, the Bible says, and he gave, uh, he gave presents to them, uh, uh, all kind of things. But to Benjamin, he gave five changes of clothes, especially to Benjamin, five changes of clothes and three hundred silver pieces only to Benjamin so privileged isn't that awesome now listen these clothes were not from Walmart okay <laughs> these five changes of clothes they were very special they were uh, clothes of special occasion yeah. you know uh, robes uh, decorated magnificently gorgeous gorgeously made and for me for me, it's like we, the believers, we are privileged to be clothed, not only with one piece, not only with one, uh, uh, what, how to say, one, one, one thing which helps us, but we can, the Bible speaks so much about being clothed in righteousness, being clothed with joy, being clothed with uh, a new manner of, of, of living. So, you see, five speaks about this fullness of grace which is released to us so his grace is always sufficient on us it doesn't matter what our situation is we always have provided a mantle a robe to clothe ourselves and to stand stand in the presence of the lord like lofty oaks of righteousness you know because these clothes were uh, in the ancient times, if you are not provided with a special robe, you cannot participate in the wedding feast. Yeah. Because some, some people were poor. So the, 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 the host of the wedding will provide for them. It was a, like an invitation. They will send also robes for, for the feast provided. And you see, God has... Wow, that's powerful. God has invited us on his wedding feast. God has invited us into his presence, into his throne room. And you know, he has provided also uh, 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 the right 
proper clothes and apparel for us so we may, might be clothed with this righteousness and this joy and, and everything he has provided for life and godliness so we may stand in his presence you know without being naked without feeling shame or, or fear or, or things like that five changes of clothes is your portion and your portion is five times bigger than anyone even Moses Elijah and Elisha what you possess today is five times bigger in the face of his grace you are not under law you are under his grace praise God and and 300 pieces of silver I was like I don't understand God it sounds good I mean sounds good but I don't know what it means and then the Lord spoke to me for how many for how many pieces of silver I was sold out and I answered 30 pieces and then he said this is multiplied by 10 I mean listen what Jesus paid what Jesus paid it was just the beginning you know but it increased increase until it, it it reached the full measure because 10 is kind of a fullness in the in the face of the 10 commandments we had the whole counsel of god the whole will of god and and, and demands of god and and 10 speaks about the ultimate ultimate measure you know possible so what god paid for us in the face of the 30 silvers with which he was sold out now is multiplied constantly until it reached the full measure of God's love grace and blessing upon us released we are enriched amen we are enriched with what with the fathomless unsearchable riches of Christ Jesus and the riches of his glory belong to us today because of what Jesus paid for us all these privileges you see how the ministry of joseph how his position and everything he won and and he stood for now now is released and now affects the personality the personality of of, of benjamin yeah. and that's not the end on the way back you know a, a silver cup which was the cup of Joseph, listen to this, this is important, through which Joseph used to drink, was found by purpose, amen, in the sack of Benjamin. And that's how they were brought back and, and Joseph revealed himself to them. After all, and I was, praise God. You know, they, in the Old Testament, they had to drink another cup. That's a, holy ground this moment is a holy ground in the old testament they drank from another cup in the new testament we drink from a different cup it is a silver one silver speaks of redemption jesus on the day of of, of the passover meal he took what he took a cup and he said drink that cup this is my cup which i will drink for you but it is the cup with the price i will pay for you it's my blood it's the portion you have in me and in the garden of gethsemane he drank the cup which was presented by the father to him and he drank that cup of redemption the last drop and you know what now today we are privileged to have the empty cup of jesus 
We have our cups filled with an overflowing measure, but we have a sign in our possessions, and it is the silver empty cup of Jesus, which he drank out in the Garden of Gethsemane on the cross, and we can show it to our enemy. Every time, every time the enemy pass a cup to you, a, a cup of sorrows, a cup of troubles, a cup of condemnation, took out your empty silver cup, show it to him and say, this is the cup of my master, Jesus. This is the cup of my brother, Jesus. He drank every little drop from it. I don't have to drink condemnation. He was condemned for me. I don't have to drink bitterness. He drank all the bitterness of my life. I don't have to be punished because he was punished for me on the cross. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for giving us the sign of the empty cup. The Bible says, the one who knew no sin God made him sin so we might become righteousness of God. He drank it all. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when finally he revealed himself to them, he said this. Now listen, it, you mean that for evil, God mean it for good. All things work together for good for those who trust him and, and, and believe in him. And then he said something. Now you go back, take your father, take all your possessions, every one of them, and come to this land where I reign. It's a shift. It's a transition. They had to be established and planted into another realm. Isn't that awesome? After Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected and was established beside the right side of the Father, the Bible speaks something in the book of Colossians. He has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the glorious kingdom of light of His beloved Son. Aren't you glad that you have been transitioned? You have been translated into another realm, into another sphere, the sphere of His beloved one, your position. Oh, we are on the world, but we are not of the world, praise God. We are not of the world, and our roots are not drawing power, strength, faith, and, and confidence from the world. But we are planted and engrafted in Jesus, and that's the source of power where we are drawing out, praise God. And then he declared something, that's Genesis 45, 10 to 18. You shall live in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me. That's his desire. You and your children, and your children's children, and your flocks, and your herds, and all that you have, say, all that I have. And take your father and your household, and come to me. The greatest invitation ever pronounced. Doesn't sound like Jesus. Come, you all who labor, yeah. and I will give you rest because my burden is easy and my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isn't that awesome? And then he says, Listen to this. Come to me, and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you will eat the fat of the land. Don't concern yourselves with your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is 
yours. So they went back. And they told their father what was the whole story. And he, he rejoiced. They took all their possession and they moved to Egypt into the land of Goshen. I was interested what Goshen means. And, and Goshen on Hebrew means close fellowship and relationship. We have been transferred into the sphere of close fellowship and relationship with Jesus. And he's providing. We are, living, we are living in our inheritance, in our portion. But actually the fatness of the land of God belongs to us. If he has blessed us, Ephesians chapter 1, he has blessed us in the heavenly places with every blessing possible in Christ Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come to me. You will live with me. We will have close fellowship and I will provide for you. Can you trust the Lord this morning for your children, for your children's children, for your earth, stocks, uh, material possessing destinies, uh, situations, body, soul, and spirit. Can you trust him that it all is transferred to him? It all belongs to him and is placed and positioned under his influence and that he will provide everything required for life and godliness. Do you trust him that you are translated from the kingdom and the dominion of darkness and famine and, and terrible drought into the kingdom of more than enough where Jesus reigns and he will take good care for you? Oh, Father, thank you so much. Thank you for the close fellowship. Thank you for the land of Goshen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There is no better place to be. If you stay in Egypt uh, with him, you'll have victory. You'll have provision. He is appointed to be the savior of the world, but especially for his family who we are today in the face of the body of the believers. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we have boldness to declare this morning that we are Benjamin's generation. Born out of the same spirit, born out of the same realm. We declare that, that the story has begun with us, revealing your personality, your power, your kingdom to us, O oh Lord. And we believe we are here on earth with a purpose. We are here to declare, the Bible says, to declare the power and the glory of our Lord Jesus. Every place we go, we carry on us, Lord, the glorious image of your Son. And we declare that everything for life, required for life and godliness, godliness will be given to us in the face of your precious Son, Jesus. We declare victory. The world will suffer drought and famine. But we have power of faith to declare this morning that in a time of drought and famine, our heavenly Joseph is powerful to provide from the riches of his glory so we might live and not die and declare that the Lord is good and that we will live forever and ever in the house of the Lord and our cups will overflow. Amen and amen, amen. Praise God. God bless you. Amen.